Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Do you ever look at your favorite celebrity and think, I wonder if we have anything in common? Well, there's at least one thing. No matter who you are, no one knows you better than your mum. I'm Peter Todd. I'm a columnist from Fabulous Magazine, where every week you can hear from the nation's most loved women on everything from fashion and beauty, health and fitness, and pretty much everything in between. I'm also a model and presenter, but my hardest job by far out of all of these is being a mum. Because mums shape who we are. They're there for us when we need them, and even when we might not want them to be. So, for this series, we decided to speak to some well-known, incredible women and find out just what makes these female relationships so formative. This is Things I Told My Daughter. For this episode, I'm joined by Rachel Stevens and her mum, Linda. At just 19 years old, Rachel rose to fame in one of the most famous pop bands of the 90s and noughties, S Club 7. From their hit singles Reach and Bring It All Back to touring the world with the best in the business, it almost felt too good to be true for young Rachel. I literally remember, do you remember mum, we went to a Kylie Minogue, I was such a Kylie Minogue fan. I remember saying the words, oh my God, I want to do that one day. I want to be up there one day. But if I wasn't going to go fashion, I wanted to be a pop star. That was it. And you did. Yeah. But two decades on, Rachel and her mum reflect on the challenges she faced with fame at such a young age and how, despite the highs from the pop group, life hasn't always been so easy. There would be times when I'd have broken up with a boyfriend and, you know, I'd be crying and then I'm going on seeing Reach and, you know, I've spent a lot of time trying to learn to undo that. Rachel and Linda have clearly been on a roller coaster ride in life and have a lot of wisdom and advice to pass on to Rachel's two young daughters. But don't just take it from me. Let's meet the mother and daughter duo together. This is Things I Told My Daughter with Rachel Stevens and her mum, Linda. We're going to go right back to like very small Rachel and try and get a little bit of an idea about what your relationship was growing up, what Rachel was like as a child, all the way through. So what's your relationship like, mother and daughter? Have you got a close relationship? Have you always had a close relationship? I think we have. I really do. We speak most days. Yeah, we speak pretty much every day, don't we? We both love clothes and I want to know everything about you know, what Rachel's doing and the children. And we've always lived close to each other, luckily. So yeah, we've always just been... We always either speak every day or, you know. Yes, we do. You're the only girl, aren't you, actually? You've got two brothers, is that correct? Yes, one either side. And so I had a son first and then I had a daughter and I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. And then I had another son. But yes, lovely. What was Rachel like as a little girl? She was lovely. She was so calm and she was just gorgeous in every way. Um, yeah, she had a lovely nature. 
Do you see any of Rachel in her girls now as they're growing up? Do you see similarities between them? Yes, I do. I think especially in Minnie, actually. The performing side, I see a lot with Amelie. But Minnie, Minnie's like a little mini me of Rachel, to tell you the truth. Do you see that, Rachel? Yeah, I mean, she's a real mix. I mean, I, I do see my husband as well in both of them. They're both a real mix of us both. But yeah, especially as she's getting older, I'm seeing more and more. I see Alex more in Amelie, actually. But Minnie's got yeah. Alex's long legs, you know, physique sort of thing. Um, yeah, they're a mixture. They're a mixture. So I know that there's sort of performance that's blossoming in your girls, Rachel. How old was Rachel when you first thought, okay, I think performing is going to be where her heart lies. How old was she when you first started to see that in her? Well, the first time she went in a magazine was for hair. I took photographs and she won it and she was amongst six other girls. Do you remember just 17? So I entered a competition. I don't even know how I entered it. We just took some random pictures in our lounge, didn't we? I sent them in. It was a hair competition to win a photo yeah. shoot to get your hair done. That was your first photo shoot. Yeah, that was big time at the time, just 17. A claim to fame, just 17. <laughs> and then as Rachel was growing up, I did feel that one day she would be in this business and quite a few times she was spotted. And then the last time with us top seven, I knew it would actually happen because it was Simon Fuller and then she was the right age and it just worked out really well. I didn't go to drama school or any of that kind of thing. I went to regular school, wasn't a child that went for like auditions or anything, was I really? The, the odd one here and there. But yeah, it was just the, the business kind of, it was just meant to be. Yeah, I think that's quite unusual, really. Definitely in a lot of the interviews that we've done, it's been a case of them being, well, I was at drama school or performance school from this age and we were at this performance. So that's quite a unique, like you say, a real serendipity that you kind of found your way. A few times where I was either, someone would approach me, there was a time when we were at the closed show live and just certain things that kind of led me to to yeah it was it was weird wasn't it yes I I really thought one day it would happen and it did as a teenager you went to a school on a Saturday morning Bowdoin Bowdoin it's a performing and that was good Mm. you know and fashion and that's the thing that's always been in your life and then and it just happened so what was life like for you just before S Club 7 So just before that big change, that big shift happened, what was life for you right then, just before? Just before, oh. You were working in town. I was working for a film production company. I was 19 and I was working for a film production company and I went for lunch at Sony Records where my brother worked, worked in the cafe. I've told the story quite a lot, but yeah, and I got approached there. But yeah, I was working every day and yeah, I was just kind of going out to work and I was seeing my friends a lot. And yeah, what else would you say, Mum, at that time? Normal life, really. You always love clothes. Just normal. Did you think that sort of fashion was going to be more your avenue at that point? Is that what you thought you were going in that direction? Yeah, for sure. When I left school, I knew I wanted to go to fashion college and I didn't know really what area I wanted to work in fashion. I just knew I wanted to get out to work and start making money and start learning on the job. I was always very career driven and 
just wanted to get out there. So yeah, I tried a few different fashion jobs for a few PR companies. And then, yeah, I ended up as a receptionist at this film production company because whatever it was, I was trying to sort of work out. I knew it was either going to be in fashion or entertainment or media or some kind of career in that direction. And yeah, and then it was just that real moment where I was approached and it was just that sort of sliding doors moment. If I hadn't have been in that place at that time it's mad to think about things like that when you just think you know if that on that one day you'd have gone somewhere else for lunch absolutely yeah but by the sounds of it there'd been a few of those sort of knocking on the door moments so I feel like perhaps it would have come about it would have been a different day for lunch it sounds like it was definitely meant to be for you how did you feel Linda about Rachel obviously then making that decision to take a different direction away from fashion away from that side of it were you happy for her to kind of just go with the flow and follow that? Like you you said, you knew that S Club 7 was kind of going to be the change for her. I was very happy because I knew the management and I knew obviously because of the Spice Girls. And I also thought that Rachel was a good age to get into that business. So I felt very, very happy about it and very excited for her, yeah. When you look back now, does it seem mad that it was all happening when you were that young? Because you know when you're 18, 19, 20, you feel like you're like the most grown-up person there that you think you know it all really to a degree you feel like you've got it pretty sorted then you look back or you spend time with 18 19 year olds now and you think oh my gosh I didn't know anything so you were making big decisions about your life really like it was all about to change yeah I mean it just all happened so fast and I remember getting a call from these producers who I was working with who approached me initially and they were like you know what you've got our blessing go do this this is going to be You know, and obviously having that Simon Fuller, you know, it was just such a kind of, it was a no brain, you know, it was an absolute no brainer and it was just super exciting. And and I remember being, I mean, I I literally remember, do you remember, mum, we went to a Kylie Minogue, I was such a Kylie Minogue fan. I remember taking you. How old was I? Like nine? Twelve. Twelve. Oh, see, I have no concept of age or time. I remember saying the words, oh my God, I want to do that one day. I want to be up there one day. If I wasn't going to go fashion, I wanted to be a pop star. That was it. And you did. Yeah. So you were like, yeah, this is me, S Club 7. How quickly did you realise just how popular S Club 7 was going to be? I mean, we spent a lot of time, like, bonding, getting to know each other. Because, you know, we all got into the band in very different ways. So we spent a lot of time getting to know each other. It was quite a... We had a good sort of year and a half, two years, just hanging out, recording the album. So we had a lot of, like, band bonding and spending time together. We recorded the album and then we went off to Miami and I remember like finding that really quite scary because as much as I was like really career driven and wanted to travel the world, you know, it was the first time I'd ever been away from home and I was quite a home family girl as well. So it was like quite a big deal. We were going off for eight weeks. I'd never been away from home. So it was a really big deal. And so we filmed our TV show. So we were kind of like working, working, working before anything went public. But we knew that we just, you know, we were working with the biggest producers in the business. And you know, pop at that time was just such a exciting time. And there was all the pop bands. We hadn't got to sort of the Saturday morning TV shows yet, like CD UK and all of those. But I just knew I was part of something amazing and special. When we got back from Miami, Bring It All Back came out literally within, I was 21. I remember getting back from Miami, having my 21st birthday party and we did party in the park. 
that was like one of our first and it was like 80,000 people and that's when it all just kind of exploded. Although it was so exciting almost a bit overwhelming with you know her being the first time she's been away from home and it wasn't just you know she's not just up the road she's in America for eight weeks at a time how was that for you as a mum sort of letting her fly the nest off straight away? Obviously I was a bit emotional and I was sad but I thought what an amazing thing to be doing at that age and each individual member of S Club was so lovely and I thought she's gonna have the time of her life and obviously we had meetings with Simon Fuller. I knew she was in good hands. Quite happy to get rid of me at that point as well, being a teenager. Yeah, off you go. Come back when you're a fully rounded adult and you can return. I have nearly one of those now. Oh my gosh, my eldest son is going to be 16. You do not look old enough to have Don't a Don't get me wrong, I started young. I've got four children, so I've got 15, 9, 6 and 3. And I've got one girl. My girl is my nine-year-old. And she just blows my mind. Like, as they're getting to that big, like, especially now, like, he's going to be 16. And we have conversations and I think, or he'll ask me questions and I think, oh, I'm pretty sure I still haven't got all the answers. I don't know. Don't ask me because I don't think I can give you the solution to that. Oh, God. They're so grown up, aren't they? Yeah. And I do think it's a different ball game now, like growing up with sort of social media and all of those things now. I'm quite thankful that I wasn't growing up with that there when I was trying to sort of find my feet and find out who I was definitely for sure and definitely I think imagine the difference it would have been for you starting out in in that sort of industry and things like that if you had social media obviously there was always that platform there was forums but that is another layer of pressure yeah absolutely but still I I still think growing up in the public eye to whatever um it's quite a lot to get your head around and so everything was so um fast and we were just go 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 how did you find that pressure to kind of especially as s club had that real they were you know marketed that you were very wholesome very upbeat very glossy shiny bouncy all the time and ultimately Mm. nobody is glossy shiny bouncy all of the time so how was that to kind of navigate yeah like hard actually like sometimes don't get wrong it's super exciting you know that whole like the world was it you know paparazzi and all that was really exciting but then sometimes it was really invasive just that feeling of having like you said exactly to just be shiny happy smiley like all the time was really challenging because yeah we're, we're not like that so there'll be times when I'd have broken up with a boyfriend and you know I'd be crying and then I'm going on seeing reach and I got very good at putting a lid on things I was quite good at that anyway so I'd just be like oh, get on put your show face on and go and that does take a bit of a toll actually because you know, I've spent a lot of time trying to learn to undo that. Well, you can't do it forever. It's going to leak out at some point in various ways. So did you need support for that at the time? Or is it only really as you've got older and sort of looked back that you realised that you were putting these lids on stuff? Or were you aware of it at the time? Yes and no. Like, I just got very good at doing that. And I, I still am quite good at doing that. But I think there's always support around you. It's just knowing how to, like, reach out and... You know, I'm quite a person who, when I go in my shell and I go kind of hide away and I'm, I've am i learned actually as I've gotten older to not isolate and actually whatever you're feeling to just reach out and ask for help or talk, you know, which I'm really learning to get better at. So, yeah. You say you're the same, Linda. If I have a problem, I always tend to keep it to myself. And Rachel's right. You do need to speak about your problems. It's not, it's not always that easy. Could you see it in Rachel? 
could you see when sometimes she was maybe had stuff that she was kind of not dealing with you could see it in her you recognized it yes definitely you know I'd always be there for her if she needed to speak about things not always that easy to speak to someone really close to you but I think as we've got old both of us have got older it's become easier yeah so obviously I think especially as you were getting that bit older the audience was still younger than yourselves was that difficult as you got older but that your audience grew with you to a degree but I know now like my nine-year-old would still dance around to reach for the stars and she wasn't of that era so did it feel like you had a responsibility to wear these children that were younger than you that looked up to you oh my god definitely and I had a real I really felt that responsibility and also we were so super protected as well you know there was at that time you know media was very sensationalist and like you know we were media trained and of course we were free to say what we wanted and we had a say in things but we were very protected and managed from the outside looking in you kind of all had like a role like a personality that fitted who each member was did you feel like that was true to kind of who you were did you find that easy to kind of have your Rachel S club persona for a while it really works yeah because that is just my you know I ended up playing that part and but that only kind of works for for so long and then it has been definitely challenging for me being the person I am and just in my career kind of breaking through that for sure I think it's difficult when you start in the business young in something like that you hit nail on the head you're kind of you play a role and it's such a like one-dimensional people only see what they want to see and you only show what you want to show and it was definitely challenging for sure that also doesn't help with then that ability to sort of be able to shut people out because you're so good at kind of not letting anybody pass that role that you're playing that that is actually the real Rachel underneath it it's quite easy to kind of forget what your needs are exactly and I remember you know just finding interviews really difficult as it went on sometimes if I catch an old interview I'm like it's so interesting like when we're all together and we're like perform I mean when I perform I just be in my absolute element you know I just that kind of connection with an audience and I would just be alive but I'd look at interviews and I'd just be like obviously I was 19 20 and I was super young and naive and all of those things but I just think my god like sometimes I was like where was I but like you say you were all super busy as well you know like it was you weren't really getting a chance to kind of step off at any point like it sounds like it was pretty constant it was a weird thing actually because in some ways it was a brilliant thing for me because I love being busy I love working I love working hard for something really you know and we had some amazing experiences but yeah you don't have time to just kind of you just kind of go 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 and just and you're not really finding that time to grow into your own skin outside of that absolutely and also you know I mean I'm so lucky for my experiences and opportunities but at the same time when you go through that journey you don't have the experience of making certain decisions, life decisions, going to university, like there's so many things that you don't do and everything was sort of very controlled for us. Yeah, it's very interesting. What would you have said your character was within that S Club 7? Well, I think a lot of emphasis is put on like looks. We all fitted our kind of look, you know, we were different. But I do think I became the sort of 
I don't know, it's hard to sort of say it myself, but I think nice, sweet, you know, what would you say? I don't know how to sort of describe it myself. You were almost, especially as it progressed, you forgive for being crass but you were like the sexy girl next door you were very nice and very sweet but obviously you're gorgeous and so it was a no-brainer really it's a strange thing to kind of have put on you you know like to feel that that somebody would see you in that way is a strange one when you're just kind of doing your job and doing what you love and yeah it's really really strange and the whole sort of FHM thing it was so of a moment and it's all fun and great and lovely and super flattering but yeah that's all on the surface level but at the same time it's very surface isn't it oh yeah sure that was easy because you were single and you didn't have children but yesterday we were in the loft sorting our lofts out and apart from all Rachel's magazines and CDs and videos and goodness knows what I opened it and scrolled this thing and it was a big poster of FHM and my sons went, oh, oh God, you know, because now she's got children, it's different to see her like that was when she was single and young, yeah. That'll be something when your grandkids get it out, they were like, look how hot the man was. (laughs) But that's all part of an evolution of a person as well. It's no different, you know, if you look back at pictures, if you'd gone to university, you know, and you're going on girls' holidays and it's just that yours was a bit more polished and was in the public eye, it carried a little bit more of a, especially, you know, you can be the most beautiful person in the whole world, but you don't get up every day thinking, yes, this is me. I feel like a million dollars today. It's heavy. It's heavy to kind of carry around when you're being that persona. It really is because you're not that airbrushed person on a magazine who has had two hours of makeup. Now I'm a parent. It's all about building them from the inside out and showing, you know, it's not about. So a lot of growing up for me was outside in. It was all about how I looked and so it's interesting now being a parent and growing up trying to undo that yeah well I think it's this like that thing isn't it when they say about how when the first compliments that are given to children like to little girls it would always be about how lovely they look or what a lovely dress you're wearing or how whatever but for a boy it would be how strong you are how fast you run or whatever else it's so mad because even as a mother of daughters and sons you find yourself doing it subconsciously without it is a real conscious decision that you have to make I really try and be so aware of that it must be so interesting for you being a parent of boys and girls but yeah I really try and affirm to them how well they're doing at something or how just multi you know faceted and they get it from every single angle as parents we have to be so mindful it's so interesting isn't it Hmm. definitely Definitely is. So how old were you when S Club came to an end? 25, I reckon. 25, 26. Were you ready for S Club to finish then? Was I ready? I wouldn't have ended it at that point. I wouldn't. But it was the right time because that was the time it happened. But it just ended because a few wanted to go off and do other things. And Paul had left by that point as well. So a lot of the dynamics had changed, which is so interesting in a band, isn't it? If you look back at history of all bands, there's always one. But I always knew I wanted to go and do my solo stuff and just keep going. And actually, probably looking back, I probably did need to mentally take a step back and stop. But I was just like, can't stop. I I don't know if I felt like I could stop. How did you find it? What were the biggest differences then going from a band to then solo performance must have been a huge huge change for you yeah massively 
but it's just so weird even talking about it now because I don't think I stopped to even think about it there was no it was just the weirdest thing like we'd been constantly together for seven years pretty much so pre obviously the band being public constantly with our diaries managed for us like working 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 and then our last tv show and that was it it was there was no kind of we just all kind of went in separate cars and that was it it was just done over like a breakup really yeah that's fine because that's what happened but it was just it was just a shame that it kind of we didn't kind of go well look what we've achieved sort of have closure on it almost a celebration of what you'd achieved as well you know it kind of just went from that to going to studio and recording my solo it was just go 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 so I don't think I even had time to stop and really process it I just remember my first performance was on top of the pops on my own and I had these most incredible dancers all these beautiful Italian dancers and they were so glamorous and gorgeous and I was working with some of the best producers and I mean I just loved LAX I mean it was just so exciting having that song it was just like this is exactly the direction well for once it was just about you how you wanted it to go rather than it kind of being yeah sort of a shared thing which must have been quite nice to just have your a bit more of your identity and your direction on it oh my god massively it was so exciting and I felt like it really was exactly me and it was like this is what I want to do and musically creatively the video everything and it was really exciting but also really bloody terrifying because I was so used to having my little crew around me I had my dancers but yeah just very different I always was nervous, whatever I did, I always feel nervous. But as soon as I get out and perform, I'm like, oh, I've always had nerves throughout my career. Well, I think they say you don't care enough if you're not nervous. So obviously that big change is sort of in your professional life, but sort of, as you said, like there's still your personal life in the background of all of this as sort of Rachel Stevens S club. And then, you, you know, as a solo artist and things like that, you have like, again, like a real sliding doors moments, serendipity runs across like all aspects of your life. I feel like with your career and then also, so your husband now, so you were like childhood sweethearts sort of then went to separate ways and then circumnavigated your way back together again. Yeah. It's so crazy how it happened. Really. We were boyfriend and girlfriend from the age of 12 and yeah, we went out for about four weeks. It's a long time at 12, yeah. And I was pretty besotted with him when we were that age. And then we went out on a, we kind of were in the same sort of social circles. We went to this youth club together and had the same sort of friend circles. And then, yeah, we just kind of, about sort of 16, we went out again on a date and our paths would cross and then 18 again. And then we just lost contact. Obviously I went off and did my thing. He did his and then, yeah, really randomly just bumped into each other in Selfridges. And that was it. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't it, but it was he had a girlfriend at the time, a long term girlfriend. I would sworn off men by that point. I was going to live in L.A. at that point. And yeah, we just kind of got talking again. And it took a while for us to get together because obviously he was with someone. And but yeah. Do you approve of Alex? Have you always approved of Alex, Linda? Too late to say now, really. You can't really say no. <laughs> yes, he's lovely. We bumped, my husband and I, we, we bumped into Alex. We lived in West Hampstead and we happened to bump into him one evening before they got back together. And then another time before they got, just before they got together, we bumped into Alex's parents. 
Rachel was in LA and Alex was going and I said, oh, wow, they're going to meet up. You never know. <laughs> really? Like, honestly, it's like you've got real law of attraction at play in, in both sides. Definitely meant to be. So obviously you then went on to have two lovely daughters. What would you say? Is there anything from your experiences and career and stuff like that that you bring into your parenting in particular that you say actually this was an experience that I had that I think I could definitely pass this bit of advice on to your girls just in terms of following your dreams or just in terms of you know that having to have a bit of a a thick skin I think especially as one of your daughters in particular wants to sort of go into that line of work for sure oh yeah god that's such a complex answer because yes there's so many things I want to give them and teach them but more is like I know this sounds like an obvious thing to say but it's what goes back to what we were saying earlier is just building them from the inside out and giving them responsibility and I just want them to believe that they can do anything and that there's no limits to what they could do and Oh my God. It's like my, this, I just want them to have every tool in the box to just be confident. And yeah. Oh my God. I'm just literally, I I just, I want them to have everything. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I always find that a really hard one because it's only now that I'm having, you know, in my forties that I'm having realizations of, ah, you know, and things are kind of more clear. It's very hard as a parent being there for them to come to you without giving your opinion, without being asked, letting them make mistakes. That I think is just the hardest thing, but one of life's biggest lessons. Rachel and Linda have been amazing. I've had a brilliant time so far learning about what makes this pair so special. But before I leave, I'm super excited to put forward a little maternal dilemma where we give them a classic parenting problem and see if they both come up with the same solution. The maternal dilemma is, Rachel, you've come home and you've discovered that your eldest child, Amelie, has got a full face of makeup on. She's used all your expensive stuff. Everything's everywhere. How do you react to this? Are you are you calm? Are you do you know encourage it and show her how to do it properly, or do you go absolutely mad and be like, oh god? Depends on what day it is. Emily is the most amazing. She's amazing. She's so creative and incredible. But within that comes chaos and mess. And if she loses my lipstick, it will be like broken and dropped all over the carpet because she's just a like artist in every sense honestly so yeah it would be hard not to get angry if I'm honest what about you Linda would you if Rachel would come in and absolutely made a haberdashery of everything that you held dear well Rachel did you not do that once when you were young I used to make potions classic apart from cutting your fringe off I remember you using my makeup. I wouldn't lose it. I was calmer then than I am now. You never really lost it, actually. I never see you lose it even now. You're not, you don't really. Yeah, no, I don't lose it. What would I have done? I would have said, first of all, if you want to use makeup, you need to ask me. All girls play with makeup and things. No, I'm actually learning really I mean this is an obvious thing but you kind of need like with Amelie the type of person she is because she's so creative you need to kind of like set makeup times for her and go right if you want to play makeup go crazy she needs an outlet all the time and I've I've learned that as I've 
got more used to sort of what she needs so that I don't go crazy because she'll get into everything and it is an amazing thing it's just channeling it in the right way it definitely sounds like you've you've got it covered well thank you so much because I know you've had a really busy morning so thank you so much oh it's been lovely chatting with you thank you Thanks again to Rachel and Linda for being so incredibly open and honest with us today. Hearing you share your uncensored life experiences on stage and off and how you aspire to pass your learnt experiences onto your daughters has been so heartwarming. Don't forget, you can read Fabulous magazine every week in The Sun on Sunday or every day at thesun.co.uk forward slash fabulous. It's packed full of affordable fashion and beauty tips plus even more interviews with our most loved female celebs. Before you go, we'd love it if you could follow the podcast. You can do it via your preferred podcast app and it means that you'll never miss an episode. And we'd love it even more if you could give us a rating and leave us a review. Thanks for listening. I'm Peter Todd and this has been Things I Told My Daughter. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.